Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Zach Stallsmith. He's the CEO and founder at Apex Drop. Zach, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kelsey. Pleasure yeah, to be here. Absolutely. Great to have you. So, Zach, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my name is Zach Stallsmith. I'm a marketeer. Uh, I have over two decades of experience uh, as a marketeer. This is all I've ever done, essentially, since I was 18. I'm 41. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, public speaker, content creator. Uh, but I'm I'm most well known for creating an influencer marketing firm that's helped generate hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue uh, for my clients. And we did that with micro-influencers. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's great. So I assume you're talking about Apex Drop. That's my... Yeah, sorry. It's Apex <laughs> Drop. <laughs> so tell yeah, me more. Yeah. So Apex Drop is, a, is an influencer firm. We Our mission is to empower creators and to amplify brands. Um, we're looking to build a better way to build brand buzz. And uh, we essentially want to help brands grow faster. Um, and we want to help people that are just kind of sick and tired of all the fake influencer stuff going on. Um, and so, you know, anybody who's who's really into holding up a can of whatever cola and putting it in front of the screen and doing like, I love this drink. We want to find the people that know that's BS and are not a fan of doing that kind of marketing. <laughs> um, but we do want to help brands. Like we've helped massive enterprises and small companies alike. Um, I've personally helped uh, like Honda, Motor Corp, uh, Procter & Gamble, Adobe. But I'm most proud of the the smaller companies, the ones yeah. that are growing. Um, it's just way more fun to watch the arrow point up and grow. Yeah, um, right. So yeah, we've... Uh, I'm looking for marketers to help as, as a marketer myself. It's all I've ever done. Um, and, you know, I'm looking for people that crave reality as much as their audience does. Um, yeah. And I can tell you how it works. I can get into that too. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you first get interested in the space? Um, so, yeah, that's a good question. I In 2014, I had this idea. Um, it was that brands would be willing to send free products to people in college just for the chance at having them talk to their friends about it. And <laughs> that idea turned into a multi-million dollar business um, over the past seven, well, yeah, about eight years now since the idea. Um, pretty crazy ride. I bootstrapped the whole thing. I, I had sold my house and then took the money from that and started my company, hired my first intern. And then uh, you know I went out and looked for seed funding, which was a huge pain in my city. Um, so I ended up getting a small loan and uh, yeah, the rest isn't is history, kind of. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I've been following the wave of influencer marketing and Instagram. I mean, it's really obvious now what that is. But at the time when I first started seeing Instagram and how easy it was to communicate, I'm like, this is going to take over everything. Like Absolutely. we were, this is where we're all going. And so I guessed right. Yay! You know, I had the right <laughs> assumption, and that that panned out. So I feel good there. Um, yeah. But like ultimately, I just I felt like we could cut through the crap of having these these like uh, what do you call them the uh, the artists uh, that were like just celebrities. You know, it's just like yeah. all about these super high level artists. Now it's about like the consumer, and you know the the whole industry has shifted. It used to be marketers had all this power and they could kind of get a message to the masses. It's so gone, guys. It's been gone for a while. The person in control is the consumer. Yeah. And so like it's proven just by just go to Amazon right now and try and buy something without looking at reviews and then and then come back and tell me how that went. You look <laughs> at the consumer first. The consumer controls your message. So we just we're really just looking for reality and my goal 
is really about the authentic side of marketing, helping brands actually share their story and help them be more human because essentially the most human brand wins. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you've seen the industry grow and change over the years. You've been able to adapt and kind of, you know, uh, adopt to the times. Talk to me a little bit about the trends that you've seen of, you know, are there specific, you know, is there a target audience that you tend to see Apex Drop working with a little bit more or talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So we help primarily, I work in the CPG space, um, business to consumer. Uh, so it would be, you know, fashion, food and bev, uh, electronics, things, small, small items that can be shipped. So, you know, retail, e-com, but it's, it's, and we're really popular in, uh, like wine and, and beer lately. I don't know. If that's like the thing, but, uh, you know, I, I, the, the, the people we want to serve are brands that are on that growth path and really believe in their products and the power of a sample. Mm-hmm. So if you think of it like, like a pizza shop is trying to get people to try their, their new pizza in town, what do they do? Well, they send out coupons to everybody, come get your free pizza, try it out. And you just build your customer base off of those coupons. And then you stop giving out the coupons and then you grow from there. Mm-hmm. Apex is kind of the person helping you get those coupons to your, to your clients, but we do it by helping you send product sample to thousands of influencers at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so people that come to us are usually just sick and tired of influencers, they're sick and tired of their inbox being overloaded. They're sick and tired of all the time that they have to waste creating content and trying to keep up with the mass. Mm-hmm. Like Nike and Apple don't need to really try to get content created by their consumers. So if you're trying to like break through that wall and become well-known, you kind of have to pay to play. And yeah. I'm super excited to help marketers just kind of get rid of the content creation side of their business because I don't think that's the marketer's job anymore. I think it's the customer's job and it's the marketer's job to kind of find the good stories and help share the good stories of their customers. And it works beautifully. Um, Like what, uh, you know, brands that want to grow their traffic is one thing, but we really want to help you fill your funnel so that it just keeps producing sales. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately the funnel, the marketing funnel has died. Apex Drop is here to save it. And we <laughs> want to fill the top of the funnel and help you with awareness by getting just thousands of people talking about you. Yeah. Um, authentic conversation, not controlled conversation. Um, that What that looks like is it's not an ad. It doesn't yeah. look like an ad. It's in the natural organic feed. It's not this thing that's interrupting the music and here's the commercial. It's It's more of like, here's something beautiful and here's something that helps my life and I love it and I want to share it with my audience and who doesn't want to see cool stuff that helps people have a better life. And yeah, I'm just a middleman helping connect the dots. That's all. I love that. I love it. So break that down a little bit more for me on how you work to fill that top of the funnel. Oh my goodness. So I I have this theory, which is like, it's a numbers game. So we work with uh, what are called drops. We have this program called drops. It's a hundred influencers that get your product, try it out and then share it however they'd like. So it's essentially product sampling on steroids. But the idea here is to fill the funnel, we want to, we want to create two things. We want to get as much content as possible. Um, so drops are consistently created. That means we're going to probably work with thousands of influencers together, not just a few or not just a handful. And then that content will produce and those relationships produce. This is the key. So we call this the theory is friends before favors. What that means is you want to make relationships with these people before yep. you just assume they're going to go off and sell your product. Mm-hmm. So you give a gift and then mm-hmm. you see how they like it. And if they love it, then you can work them through the funnel to become your salesperson or whatever you were hoping they would be. But we don't create advocates by assuming they're an advocate. We create advocates by giving a product, watching them become an advocate, and then helping them push more through the funnel. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. So that content that we produce, it's UGC. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, with micro-influencers, why wouldn't you do it this way? You're essentially buying your best customer. I mean, there's right. no other way to put it. You're just building your own base. And big companies, the huge guys are doing this too. Um, so like, if you're a small company and you're not doing this, you're kind of like, you have to pay to play. Yeah. Buying your good customers isn't a bad thing because you're essentially, there's no waste there. You're gaining a customer at the end of the day. Right. And if they don't like your product, well, maybe your product sucks. So like, you know, look at yourself and think about if it's not growing and you're getting your product out there, maybe there's something that's wrong. Yeah. So how do you find these people in order to kind of bring them on and have them be those micro-influencers? Super good question. So micro-influencers are typically measured by two things. Most people look at the followers and they say, does this fit my brand? Mm -hmm. I don't look at either of those. And if I'm being honest, all I look at is, are they trusted? by their audience. So I invented this thing called trust quantification. It's a fancy way of saying we know if their audience actually believes what they're saying. And uh, that's trust in a nutshell. So the best influencer isn't the one who necessarily uh, has the most followers. The best influencer in our opinion is the one that tries your product and has trust with their audience. So if they like it, they're going to share it. And the coolest part of Apex, the thing that sets us across, like everybody knows us for this is we don't pay influencers. Sorry. So why don't we pay influencers? Because you don't need to pay people to share stuff they love. You don't need to pay people to create content that they're already going to create. Duh. Like it's just like no brainer stuff. But for whatever reason, this industry has become like, let's treat them like they're little mini celebrities. Let's do endorsements. When in reality, it's more like product sampling guys with the smaller influencers. And you just got to reverse and flip your thinking and say, the consumer's in control. This is an artist. They're not mega. They're not huge. They're up and coming. Mm-hmm. Treat them like a product sampling opportunity. Stop treating them like an endorsement opportunity and watch the magic happen. Yeah. Why do you think that's changed? Oh, my goodness. It's so obvious to me. But like the way I see it is that the whole shift in power between marketers and consumers, yeah. go, back, go back to that. That has changed because of the internet and also just because the way information is dis- dis- uh, distributed now online. Um, and the, and the ability for the consumer to basically control your message now. So it's shifted. It's going to go all the way down to the consumer. It started at the celebrity brand or it was brand control, then celebrity. And then if you think about it, you go all the way down to nano influencer. Those words don't even mean anything. These are your customers. Just some of them happen to have a trusted following. (laughs) Like don't overthink it. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just working with your best customers. Yeah. 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 So when you say that you've seen the industry grow and change, do you have any kind of predictions on what it's going to look like moving forward? Oh, yeah. I just, I hope it doesn't end up like Black Mirror. I don't know if anybody saw that episode. <laughs> Season three, episode one scared the crap out of me. Um, that, that where they have the number over their head and they get yeah, like right. a credit score. Please, God, don't go that way. Um, I do think that we're kind of moving in that direction where the people have so much power and that their scores will start to matter, which is, which is creepy. But I think that the way the industry is going is that the mediums are going to change again. I call it the influencer bubble. It grows and bursts over and over and over again. So it grew with Facebook and then it burst and it and then it grew with Instagram and it's bursting. Now it's going to TikTok. We know how this influencer bubble works. It's essentially go where there's no advertisements and then all the advertisers follow you in and destroy yep. that crap. And then you all exodus and go to another place where there's no more ads. And yeah. then that happens again and again and again. So I think the new medium, if I'm being like completely honest, I don't think it's TikTok. And most people are like, what do you mean you don't think it's TikTok? So I think it's YouTube shorts. And and I, okay, so get, hear me out. It's not a it's not a popular opinion, 
But I think that the audience is going to mature past the whole like goofy vine phase. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these kids, they're in the goofy vine phase. Yes, vine, entertainment is fun. Hearing jokes is fun. Everybody wants to laugh and enjoy their time online. So that's why TikTok, it's just really mindless fun. Mm -hmm. I think as this audience grows a little bit and gets more mature, they're going to want less mindless fun, a little more like content that's worthy of their attention. Yeah. And they'll move to a place that algorithm pushes more yeah. valuable content to you. So, and I've seen, I've seen YouTube do this already. So I assume... And, I've, and I'm loving YouTube Shorts, by the way. But like, I assume most of the most of the audience will start to age and start to see the value of like, like just real content. Like, I hate yeah. to say it's like yeah. entertainment is great, but like this starts to get old pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. But also still having those digestible pieces of content that are easy to consume. But like you're saying in, in more of like an educational kind of space is what you're saying. Yeah, I think it, I think it moves towards more valuable content. And I think it's when I say valuable, I mean. Um, the algorithm that'll win is the one that feeds the mind and not yeah. just the laugh. So like the one where you're getting, you're get you're getting more, more from it at the end of the day than, and you don't feel like you're wasting your time yeah. right now. If you meme for an hour on TikTok, you get off that and you feel, it's almost like going to McDonald's guys. It's like, <laughs> what did I just do? What did I just do for an hour? But did if I you spend an, anything that I right? <laughs> did I do anything for an hour? No, you start to feel really guilty. This thing starts to catch up to people that are not thinking about the long term and they start going, I need to spend less time on social media. What they really mean is they need to spend more time with content that matters mm. and they just don't know what that is. Mm. So algorithms that feed the content that matters to the smart individual, I think that that wins ultimately. I think that the shift is it's still going to be short form video. I, I do believe that eventually it's augmented reality as well that gets incorporated. I think Apple needs to come out with the coolest looking sunglasses. It's really going to be about the look. If yep. once we have cool looking glasses, that changes the game. It's not about the tech as much as the look. It has to look cool. Um, <laughs> Apple always seems to figure that one out. Um, so I, I would assume that the medium would eventually jump to streaming and real time yeah. and that we won't trust video anymore because of deep fakes. And it'll probably be the only thing we trust is streams. So yeah. even this context, like podcasting, this video, this will not be even seen as real anymore or like trustworthy because it can be staged. It can be clipped. Yeah. So like you'll, you'll definitely be editing this conversation. There'll probably be a little jump cuts. People are just getting sick and tired of what happened in that jump cut. What was, what yeah. was that? What was right there? Everybody <laughs> wants to know what the real thing is. So, you know, Joe Rogan proved that with his long form process of podcast and he he basically did three hour interviews and just like didn't cut it at all which was crazy at the time and then for some reason he succeeded and it's pretty obvious why people just crave reality yeah. they crave it they they desire it because everything is so fake in this world yep. so you know maybe joe's not so real now but like in the beginning it just seemed like two guys smoking weed in a room and <laughs> you know that's why it got so popular is like this they're, they're not faking it oh no. So this conversation can be staged too easily, but a stream, stream is really hard to fake. So, mm. you know, people that are really good on camera, people that are really good looking eye to eye and not reading their script, mm. you know, like reading the news and then jump cut. So they can get the next piece of information, jump cut, read, <laughs> practice it, you know, the, yeah. you start to see through the BS. And yeah, so I yeah. think you I'm a believer that, first. yes. And so there's two ways to look at the world. You either think that people are dumb or people are smart. I think people are smart. <laughs> and I think they're smarter than marketers let on. Like you can manipulate people. Marketers know that. What I think is the, I don't want to get into manipulation. What I want to do is empower. Like yeah. I'd like to empower people to have their time back, 
I'd like to distribute information that I feel good about at the end of the night. I want to really connect people to something that's worthwhile. I want to share secrets that need to be shared. I want to share products that need to be used. Um, As a marketer, I think you have to be able to believe in the information and the products you're sharing, or you will just like, you'll, you'll hate yourself. So, you know, I'm trying to help marketers see that they, they have an important job (laughs) and like that power there's a great responsibility in how you how you're helping spread your your the word about your products or what you do and i think ultimately the influencers have a great amount of power and i appreciate that power and i remind them of that power and i want them to have that power so like it's just give the people the control and take it away from these mega corporations that think they know what we want mm-hmm. they don't let the market decide i believe good brands should thrive i believe terrible brands should just get the heck out and let the market decide yeah, sorry. I'm getting philosophical now. <laughs> oh, see, that's what I, these are the favorite, these are my favorite podcasts. So I love when we can do that. So Zach, if you were to leave our listeners with one thing, either about Apex Drop, kind of about, you know, the industry, the space marketing in general, what would you want to leave our listeners with? Stop wasting your time trying to create all that content. You're wasting your time. You are not the best person to tell your story. Your customers are And as soon as you recognize that and you shift to sharing your customers' stories, the next step is how do I get customers to share more stories? And we could help you. Apexdrop.com. So, um, yeah, we could, we can help you. If, if you're a small company who's just getting started, you can bootstrap that a little bit. But if you're getting to a level where you're growing, we work with thousands at a time. So it just, no one can manage that. I have teams, you know, I have 42 employees. You know, a group of 10 will work on one brand. Like this is not something you want on your plate. You have better stuff to do and you'll probably botch it if I'm being honest. Hire the experts. Let us do it. You go do what you do best, which is tell the story about your product. Keep making great products um, and let people like us do all the the goofy work that you don't want to do. <laughs> Take care of all the philosophical work and, you know, figuring out <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility, right? <laughs> exactly. Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Zach, thank you for being on Business Ninjas. Again, Zach Stahlsmith, he's the CEO and founder of Apex Drop. Zach, thanks for being on Business Ninjas. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Kelsey. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.